Welcome to another episode of Wolfpack Women. I'm Denise, and today we have Ramona Pin- Pinte. Pinte, did I say it right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Pintea, sorry. She is an artist who caught my eye with her Urban Queen collection. They're gorgeous. And uh, she's launching on Monday, which is the 22nd of June, uh, which is also her birthday. I wanted her to come on the show to really talk about her journey to becoming an artist and what her mission is and how she wants to inspire and impact the world with her creation. She's currently residing in her home, Romania, due to the coronavirus, but will be returning to her home in London, which she shares with her husband and teenage daughter. Hello. Hello, 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 Denise, and thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for saying yes. Uh, I was so excited because it felt like everything that you are doing really resonated with me, so it really felt important that we connected. You know, just tell everyone a bit about, like, your journey, where you come from, like, how you started, how did you get into this process? Uh, thank you, thank you. Before I do that, I just wanted to say what caught my eye was the name of your podcast, Wolfpack Woman. Because and, and that really resonated with me because I, I had um, uh, a little while ago, I was painting a series of paintings that was to do with uh, spirit animals. And I painted some paintings with wolves and, you know, that connection with the animal and with the with the strong animal within you. So that I really love that name. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, when, when you showed me your painting, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm in love. <laughs> I just loved it. Honestly, it's absolutely stunning. And what you wrote as well really resonated with me too. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah, well, what do you want to know? Do you want to know the beginning of... Um, yeah, because obviously you didn't start your career off as an artist straight away or were you always creative? No, 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 no. Um, uh, I became an artist after 40, after I turned 40. So it was a very long-winded journey for me. Um, I grew up in Romania, and at the time when I was growing up, it was a dictatorship and a very, very, um, well, unpleasant time, to say it in a nice way. And basically, I hated it. I remember hating the fact that, you know, we had no freedom. And I think I'm just a free spirit myself. And uh, even as a child, I knew that first opportunity I get to leave this country, I would leave. And um, I must have been about 12 when I saw a, um, an art book. My friend's mother had this art book, and it was uh, a lot about Michelangelo. And I saw the Sistine Chapel and Capella Sistina, and I went, oh, one day I'm going to go there. <laughs> and that set my mind into, you know, leaving the country. So communism fell in 89. Um, And in 91, I turned 18 in June, and I left in August. And um, I went to the UK by myself with a little bag with 200 pounds that my brother had worked a whole year to save and he gave gave them to me and big dreams. (laughs) So um, yeah, I started my, my journey in London. And uh, I discovered painting because I put myself through to college and I was, you know, working um, evenings and weekends to support myself and going to college during the day. And I thought painting was the most amazing thing in the world. I loved it so much. But I was scared to pursue that passion because, you know, I grew up with this... um, 
mentality that artists never make it, that they'll be, you know, starving all their lives. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to go forward and do um, fashion design because then at least I will get a job as a dressmaker or something and I will, you know, be able to feed myself. So, um, yeah, I went into fashion and long story short, I opened my first fashion business when I was 25. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was actually a really good time. Um, in London because uh, I met my business partner at the time and we, we were best friends and we still are to this day best friends and um, we were partying, we were creating high-end, uh, well not high-end fashion, we started with high-end and then we went midstream and uh, we were working really really hard. We started off by um, putting our clothes in a suitcase and traveling all around the UK and knocking on doors in every high street, wherever there was an independent boutique saying, hey, this is our collection. Do you like our stuff? Do you want to buy it? <laughs> and um, so twice a week, we would go on a road trip to find new customers. And then the rest of the time we'd be in our studio and we'd be making our clothes and in six years, we were selling to over 300 boutiques all across the UK. Wow. That must have been fun as well with your best friend, <laughs> Thelma and Louise hitting the road. Exactly, exactly. It was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was, you know, I was loving every minute of it, partying in London and our clothes were appearing in magazines and you know, we were selling to Jay Norman and Vestry, and in the end, we opened up um, our showroom just behind uh, Oxford Street, I think in Great Portland Street, and we had a collection in in Topshop in Oxford Street, so it was, you know, really fun. Yeah, that sounds so <laughs> A cool. lot of fun, yeah. Uh, okay, and then we got married, I, I, I met my husband, and you know, I fell in love and got married and uh, we had our daughter and uh, in 2009 um, I think we decided to leave the UK just to have a break with, with my husband and my daughter at the time and we didn't really have a name of where to go and what to do, we just wanted to travel and we travelled across Europe for a few months and then we came to Romania and then we said, oh, we'll stay for three months. And then, you know, we'll stay for another three months. And, you know, we just fell in love with the place because when I left Romania and it was communism, it was completely different to the country that I found in 2009 when I came back. Um, you know, beforehand, everything was gray. There was no color, if you can imagine, um, because everything was owned by the state. There was no competition, so there was no advertising. There was there was no promotion, so there was no need for color and to promote your business. So, you know, our school books were black and white. The TV was black and white. All the newspapers and magazines were black and white. People were wearing gray and you know dark colors all the time because I don't know lack of washing powder. And we had ra rations. Our food was rationed. Um, just because there was food shortages. So yeah, I came back to a completely different country. And Romania has always been a very, very beautiful country. So um, 
just the fact that it, it, it's a prosperous country now, it just, it, it was great. So we came back thinking we're going to stay for a year and then we said, let's stay another year and then let's stay another year and then nine years. Oh, <laughs> Is your husband Romanian then? Yeah, yeah, he's Romanian and we met in London. Oh, that's, that's luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, when I came back and, you know, my husband was working and I didn't know what to do with myself because I'm always needed to do something and I guess I'm creative. I said, but did you, had you left? Sorry, had you left the, the business with your friend when you yeah. got married? Yeah. Okay, yeah. what we, happened? We, I think we both were burnt out and we reached a stage in our lives. We were both married by this time and we both had children and we just felt that, you know, we needed a break from it. It was London life. It's very, very high paced and it's great when you're in your twenties. Um, and yeah, then I, then I left and we, we, we closed the business. So then I started an interior design business in Romania and that was doing really well. Um, I guess with my business skills and my understanding from the UK, I found it very easy to do it over here. And again, I was in all the magazines and, um, you know, I was getting a lot of work, but my heart was always set on art. And I had always said, oh, if only I could be a painter, if only I could paint again. So being back in Romania gave me that headspace and that time that I needed to pick up a brush and start again. And for a very long time, I guess, I was just painting at nighttime and painting at weekends. And um, during the day, I would be running my business and looking after my daughter and everything else. So um, then we took a trip to, to, the, to the States. We had a, a one month long trip to the States and we were going around and one of the, we, we were obviously visiting whatever we needed to visit, but me being me, we were visiting a lot of art galleries. And I'm very fortunate that my husband loves art as well. So he was happy to come along with me. And I remember walking into this gallery in Miami and I was thinking, oh, I would love to be here. It's so nice. And then I, I was talking to the director and I said, oh, you know, do you take on new artists? And he said, oh, here's an email address. We have uh, six people that look at all the art and then we will judge it. And if we think it's appropriate, then, you know, we'd invite you. So just email and then when we look at the next batch, we'll let you know. Okay. And we were still on the road and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to email this guy and let's see what happens and send him the application form with some paintings. And a few days later, he replied, I love your work. It's just brilliant. Can you, can you exhibit in October? And this was July. <laughs> so he invited me to exhibit and, you know, I flew back to, to Miami for the exhibition and I was there for the opening. It was so beautiful. And I think that was it. My heart was so into it that I just couldn't look back. So... One day I walked into my office and I told my staff that I'm closing. What did they and say? And this was a thriving business. I yeah. mean, it was 
doing really well. Mm. It was doing six figures. And yeah, so I said, I'm sorry, but I have to follow my passion. Everything I've done in my life, I have done it with so much passion. And, you know, when it was fashion, I was doing it with passion. When it was interior design, I was doing it with passion. And it was always learning, which was very important for me. But it was time to to pursue this dream. So how did you manage to, like, just go? Because I know from my experience of transitioning between careers, how did you let your ego go, okay, you know, instead of thinking, oh, I'll sell this or I'll pass it on to keep that business going, what made you think, nah, this is it, close the doors? I think I'm I'm very much all or nothing. I put my heart and soul into something. I knew that if I wanted to carry on with the business whilst I do something else, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to any of them. I mean, I had been, you know, painting on the side just as my own, therapy or whatever because I needed it uh, and then doing my business during the day but then when I made the decision that I want to be a painter then I just wanted to go full in and I'm just I think I'm just not very patient in that way to you know think about it how do I sell the business and package the business and da, da, da. it was just too complicated for me so I just went that's it now I'm doing this yeah. <laughs> And what was your first collection then that um, in Miami? What what did you uh, showcase? Uh, so I was painting. Oh my god, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a lot of blue women. So they were all blue portraits. For some reason, I don't know. I, I just went with my gut instinct, and there were portraits and there were couples. I was painting this theme on love. So there were couples embracing and kissing, and in this beautiful loving scene and but then the whole thing was blue not in a you know down mood blue but in just a beautiful blue way i mean I it looks know. like you yeah. use blue yeah. quite a lot like, i do <laughs> i think it's i like, just use a lot of yeah. colors yeah no yeah. there's a lot of colors and then it was tough i think after i made that decision from a career point of view it was the toughest time of my life because um, one, I, I had that niggling voice inside my head saying, you didn't go to art school, you're not good enough, you know, who do you think you are that you want to make it in this, you know, as an artist. And um, so that was very painful. And also, you know, when you paint for pleasure, you paint because you enjoy it. But when you say, this is my career now, then I put so much pressure on myself that every single painting had to be gallery worthy and it had to be, you know, the best piece of art and it had to be a masterpiece. And obviously when you're with with that pressure on you, it's very hard to, to perform. So it was a lot of soul searching and it was very difficult. And my husband said, let's let's give it a try. We'll give it two years and see how you feel. And if you can't, then you know, you'll do something else. But I just couldn't give it up. I was hooked once I started. It was, you know, the more you go into it. And then I just really put in extra hard work, not only to own my skills, because I needed to make sure that, you know, my skills are just, oh, 
up there in order to be worthy of being called an artist, <laughs> but also to find my artistic voice, to find what is it I want to say through my paintings. Because to me, it, it, it wasn't good enough to just paint a picture. I had to have a message and, and the message, you know, when you go to an art gallery and you're attracted to a particular piece of art and you sit there and, and all these emotions flood your body, it's because of the message, I think. And I needed to, for my art to speak to people. So yeah, it was a long journey and um, um, a hard work journey. <laughs> And so when, well, as you were doing it, because obviously it feels like when you did the fashion and uh, the interior design business that they seem to flow. Did you feel like, well, am I choosing the right thing if you found it so difficult in comparison to the other ones? Was there, was there those sort of thought processes going on? I think um, the reason why it didn't flow, it was because of my mindset. So in uh, 2001, I went to my first Tony Robbins seminar. And then I went on to uh, the whole of the Tony Robbins courses and I went on a big journey of personal development and spiritual development. So I have been you know, traveling all, all over the world, listening and being in the room with, you know, the most amazing humans on the planet from Jim Rohn, who, you know, I used to call my, adopted grandfather to, um, I don't know, Wayne Dyer and, you know, a lot of people who I, I hold very dearly. So the whole journey was about me working on myself. So the reason why it didn't flow from the beginning is because I hadn't completely got rid of all those fears and all those insecurities and all those ideas that I'm probably not good enough and it's and, and I did a lot of therapy I can you know I can say it but therapy in the way of I would find a problem or a, or a stopping block or I would say gosh I've, I've been here before why isn't this going forward what is happening so I think the reason why it wasn't flowing it's because of my own mindset um I needed to work on myself. So the, the reason why I think it wasn't flowing this time, it was because of my own mindset. And it, it was because I wasn't, I still wasn't ready after all these years, I still wasn't ready to believe in myself enough. And um, I started doing personal development in 2001 when I went to my first UPW with Tony Robbins. And after that, you know, a whole door opened and I went and I did, Mastery University with Tony Robbins, and then I flew all over the world for years, going to you know those wonderful people that taught me so many things, like Jim Rohn and Wayne Dyer, and you know the whole lot of wonderful people. And then I went into spiritual development, so I was constantly working on myself and constantly trying to rid myself of of you know whatever stop was stopping me and. Um, I think that's that's what it was and I and I would you know do all these processes that needed to be done at certain times in life where it was a journey I don't know if you're familiar with random based journey or whether it was shamanic meditation or whether it was uh, past life regression or whatever it was I was constantly working on myself so I did all these things just 
to work on myself. And, you know, one of the things that came up, and that was incredible for me, and that wasn't too long ago, it was a few years ago. Um, I was in this session um, with this wonderful lady who helps me when I think, oh, help, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like there's a stumbling block and I'm going and I'm hitting my head against the same wall again and again. And, you know, she was asking me questions when we were doing the session and what came up was when I was growing up in this communist country, you weren't allowed to shine, right? Communism is about everybody being the same, everybody being equal, well, in a way. That, that's the idea that we're trying to put. Obviously, nobody was equal. But if you are shining, you catch up their eyes and it, it's not good, right? You are always living in this fear that they're going to put you away, that they're going to arrest you, that they're going to, you know, my grandfather was, was arrested for whatever, he didn't want to uh, go along with the communist laws. And there was always this fear of, you know, not speaking out and not shining your light and not being yourself. And even that came out, you know, in, in, in a session. So I had to work through that in order to be able to just let my gift out, mm. I guess. And so whenever you peel back the layers, did you hit more inspirations? The, the creation came from learning from each stumbling block, as it were. Did, did you find that each of, like, I guess your collections reflect that stage that you were at in your development? Absolutely, absolutely. The, so I work in series, and a series of paintings may take a few years. And it, they always reflect that stage of my life and what I'm going through and, and what I'm, you know, trying to say through my paintings is always a message that I try and pass on. So, for example, in 2015, I was doing a collection called Quest, and that was because I was going through my own journey and I was asking these questions myself. And I had got to a place in my life where I was really asking what is my purpose why am I here what am I meant to do um, I was going through a tough time because my my husband and I we always wanted to have four children and I had tried for nine years to have another baby and I couldn't we were doing um, a lot of medical stuff and it wasn't working so the main question for me is well if I'm not meant to be a mother of four children who am I meant to be so I went through this inner journey and all those paintings reflect that, reflect the woman who asks and who looks out. And you have these nudes that have angel wings and they're looking out, you know, asking the universe, God, somebody, what is going on? What, what's my life purpose? You know, the whole collection came from my own journey. And as I was going through the process of healing that part of myself, I once did a shamanic meditation. And in this shamanic meditation, I had uh, a lioness that appeared. Obviously, I'm very visual, so I see a lot of things when I do these meditations. <laughs> I was working with a, with a shaman from London, and I saw this lioness, and she said, oh, she's your spirit animal. So I painted my spirit animal. I painted this painting of a woman. She was naked and she's like got this pose of asking and she's in pain and she has the lightness next to her. 
and that painting sold immediately. And then I thought, wow, this is incredible. I want to know more about shamanism. So I started reading and finding out and digging and doing more, more of those meditations. And I painted a whole series of these women and animals. And the whole message was that all we need is within. So where the previous collection, my, my women were looking out for answers. This collection was more about the answer is within. I think by this time I was okay with the idea that I'm not going to have more children. And I was, you know, feeling whole as I was. And I was going within to find my strength and to find my power and to find who I really am. So this whole collection moved from the outside to the inside. And the spirit animals were a metaphor of all these wonderful qualities that we have as women inside of us. And only if we look, we will, you know, discover them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, it's always, I guess as an artist, you do paint a reflection of who you are. And, and the idea is to, to be a beacon of light for other people. Um, so yeah, that, that was the collection I was called She Knows. <laughs> and, and so what do you, what would you say if, if someone asked you, what is your purpose? What do you say your purpose is now? Oh, um, I think my purpose has been defined very much in these few months. Um, so when, when COVID-19 happened, I had just, um, I had a, 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 an art fair in Bath and then I went to central London and I was going to the theatre and I was going everywhere. And then it, it was just at the beginning of COVID-19 and I came to Romania and I self-isolated because I thought, oh my God, what if I got this virus? And um, that was before the lockdown. I just self-isolated for two weeks and then the lockdown happened. And uh, so initially I thought, you know what, I'm just going to sit at home and clean my closet and, you know, do all this stuff that I never do in the home <laughs> and drink I don't know, cocktails on the balcony and relax and read a hundred books that I never have time to read and do all these things. And, uh, you know, I was watching the news and I was worried and I started having all this fear in me. And then, you know, I'm, I'm a very positive person. So I thought I had to shake it off and get rid of this fear. And what happened was I read an article in Forbes magazine and the article said, what do um states with something on the line of um less corona tragedies have in common women leaders so it was about the seven leaders in the world who are head of states and how they're dealing with a pandemic and how they're dealing with the coronavirus and that really inspired me to create this new collection urban queen and i wanted to I wanted, I had been reading recently a lot on the balance between masculine and feminine. And I have been thinking a lot about how the world needs women leaders more. And we need to lead with our feminine energy. And we need to be, you know, I think the world needs our nurturing and our caring and our sensitive side and our 
you know, ability to look after everyone and love everyone. And, um, you know, the male energy is wonderful for what it is, but I think the world has been missing for 2,000 years or a 1,000 years the female energy. And it's time for the female energy to, to sit and take its rightful place next to the male energy. So these urban queen paintings that I was painting were all about the woman leader, you know, and whether you're a leader of your own home or you run a business or you run a community or you run a country, wherever you're running, you are a leader and you have to recognize your leadership roles within you. So these women, so I'm using again, metaphors you know there might be women that wear cool sunglasses or they wear a crown or they just wear their attitude as a badass woman <laughs> uh, in these paintings but a lot of women identify themselves with these paintings so what happened was um i started painting and then i started sharing it online and i was you know sharing it and making little videos and telling people what i think and where the inspiration came from and what this is all about. And it was such an amazing response. I actually had hundreds of messages and hundreds of women connecting with my art and connecting with the message and saying how you know wonderful, inspirational this is for them and how they feel empowered and how they needed this in their lives. And, and um, then I realized Actually, I did a little photo shoot where um, I asked a friend to come over and say, can you take some pictures with me and the paintings because I'm sharing them online and everything. And I have this, it's a little bit like now, I have, I'm standing and there's a painting behind me with a woman wearing a crown and it looks like I'm wearing the crown. And it was completely accidental and I really loved it. And I think that's when the penny dropped. I thought, you know what, these paintings have taught me a lesson. They have taught me that I'm a queen too, that I'm, you know, I'm here to step up and I'm here to, to serve. And I think the messages that I received uh, and how much women connected with my paintings, I realized that I am serving. I realized that I didn't need the art establishment to validate me anymore. There was a need that I had for years and I realized I don't actually need that anymore. I, I am being validated by these messages. I'm being validated by these women telling me their stories um, and what they're going through and how these images are, are impacting their lives and that are enriching their lives and that it, they're making them feel stronger. So, um, yeah, I feel like I found my life purpose. I feel like this is my life purpose to, to give back through my art, to, to make art that is uplifting and inspirational and it makes you feel good and it makes you... See, I can go to a museum and sit in front of a artwork for three hours. I have actually done that. I will sit there for three hours and I'll have all these emotions inside me and it'll make me feel, you know, wonderful. So art has that ability, whether it, whatever art it is, whether it's, you know, you listen to a song and you cry or you see a ballet and you have goosebumps. So, so yeah, I think 
I think I've been given a, a, a gift and I'm meant to share it with the world. And as long as I can impact one other soul, then I live, I live on purpose. That's amazing. And just um, being there to empower women, right? To, to lead the way in that sense, uh, for women to see their power is, I guess, the way I'm doing it is different and the way you're doing it is different. And, and everyone needs to, like, the more women are empowered and they can tap into that creativity, the more women are going to, more women are going to see, it's going to have a ripple effect, isn't it? And that's when that feminine energy is going to start to rise. So Absolutely. what would you say for someone who's trying to find their passion? Where, what advice would you give for them starting out? So, um, see, doing personal development, I've always heard this phrase, who are you serving? As long as you serve somebody, then you are uh, you are on the right track. And I'm sorry, but it took me many, many years to actually for that to hit home for me. Uh, but I would just give the same advice: Who are you serving? Are you serving in any way? Because I think only when you serve, you feel fulfilled, and you feel that you you know your passionate your passion is being expressed. Uh, and and you're helping another human being. Um, another thing I would say is don't give up. I mean, it's been seven years since uh, I gave up my business to to start off as an artist. And from a business point of view, it has been the toughest business I have done. But through it, I was able to work on myself and and empower myself and rediscover myself and do my own journey as well. So I think, you know, if you stick with with what you love and what you think you should do, um, working on yourself, it's part of the life journey. I don't think you can unless you work on yourself because you're always growing, aren't you? You have to keep growing and evolving and... Yeah. Did that answer the question? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I got it. Because <laughs> um, I, I feel like there's a lot of women out there who ha- have a lot, ex- have experienced a lot of pain and they don't go down that route because they feel like they're opening Pandora's box. What advice would you give to them um, if they feel that they don't want to really open that box? I think, I think opening Pandora's box is a must. It's an absolute must in order to live to really leave if you don't if you don't open it you're not living you're pretending you're living a shallow life you're living um um i don't know superficial life opening pandora's box it may be very difficult it may be very painful but it's the only way that you can heal and that you can move forward and another thing i would say is don't be afraid of asking for help. Don't be afraid or don't be, you know, don't think it's wrong to go to a therapist. Don't think it's wrong to go to a coach. Don't think, you know, these people are there in order to help you. And I think they play a tremendously important role in our well-beings and in our lives. And basically just have the courage, just tap into that little courage Little by little, you know, it doesn't have to be all at once. You can just crack it open at the beginning. Let let a few fears come out, deal with them, and then open it a little bit more. 
and that's the way it actually is you know it, it it comes in layers you can only heal as much as you're ready to heal yeah and it's, um, it's never as have, yeah and it's never as scary as what you actually think as well yeah it's never that bad <laughs> exactly exactly and you know afterwards you think wow why what what was i scared about you know what was all that about yeah life is so beautiful and you know i don't know i've done past life regressions i'll say okay i've been here before but i only have this life now i want to live this one to the fullest mm. you know i can't sit here thinking never mind forget about this one maybe i'll come back <laughs> no i think i think you know it's such a shame because many of us may not make it to tomorrow many people don't have that tomorrow so you have to live fully the today that you have right now. And, and, and I guess the reason why a lot of people don't make it is because they don't have that will to live because the pain sometimes subconsciously is so strong that things like cancer get to them and diseases or accidents that it almost manifests itself. Um, what, what sort of past lives have you experienced? What emotions were you taking from the past lives into this one? Ooh, you want to go there? <laughs> Only if you want to. <laughs> I'm just interested. It's being a bit woo-woo. So when I was experiencing past lives, um, sometimes it happened accidentally. Sometimes um, it didn't. So I'll give you one example. When my daughter was born and she was about, I don't know, a few months old, I used to panic, absolutely panic that she would die. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and go next to her cot and sit there for hours and touch her and see whether she's breathing. And I would think, I'm crazy. What the hell is going on with my mind? But I would just be in so much fear and in so much panic that I realized this is something I need to work on. It's, it's all in my head. It's not real. She's a healthy baby. There's nothing wrong with her. What, why am I having this fear that's overtaking me? So I, I found a therapist that was doing journey because this is what I knew at the time. I had done a lot of journeys and cleared a lot of, you know, negativity in my life through that. So I did this journey and I was very lucky. I didn't know, but this therapist was trained in past life regressions as well. So as I was doing the journey, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it does, it puts you in a semi-trance and it asks questions and asks for you to go, uh, for some reason, you know, what is the problem and go to the moment when that problem started. And I ended up in a past life. And, you know, I had seen myself as a woman who had lost her baby and the baby was about five years old. And then I ended up in another past. So I actually ended up in three past lives where I had lost my children. Mm. And that healing was so deep for me. And then obviously I never had that fear again. So, yes, yeah, sometimes I think we carry those things with us in another life. So go out there and clear wherever it is to be cleared. Let's clear everything in order to to live, you know, a good life, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's interesting you say that because I haven't, I haven't done a past, past life regression, although I, I, I want to. Um, but when I've done sessions with people, they have ended up there and some random things have come up from it and uh, soul connections as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how it can, like, in the, the best of upbringings, you can be like, why am I feeling like this? Why, you know, where, where does this come from? And there is always a reason for it. It might not be 
a logical one, um, but you have to be open to whatever that reason may be. As long as it's cleared, then you can then continue on as normal, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's important. Clear it. Yeah, exactly. So what, what method do you use now to really tap into your creative energy? I mean, I know you explained when you uh, created the Urban Queen, you saw the article and that set you on the on your path. Is there a process that you go through? Do you go into a meditation? Uh, do you just like listen to your intuition to then go, okay, I feel like this is the path I'm going to go on. Like, do you have a bit of a process or are you just kind of like a free spirit when it comes to that sort of thing? I think it's a, it's a combination of, of, of everything you said. So one thing would be, you know, my own readings and searching and what am I interested in at the time? You know, I may read something, whether it was at that article, I was reading a book uh, about the, the female energy that is missing on the planet. And, you know, maybe at the time I don't know how to express that, but it sits there in my head and there's a, it, it's an idea that it's, it's making me, you know, think about it. And maybe it will be six months later, and that's actually what happened. I read the article in, in Forbes magazine, and it starts to take shape. Um, so once I would have these ideas about what the art, what I want to express, and then probably the images will will come and they will develop. And I think one painting develops from another and from another and from another. That's why you need to work in series because you haven't said it all in one painting. There's always more to say and they expand and they, they evolve. So for example, uh, you know, Black Lives Matters uh, movement happened and I was feeling so connected to these to this women who were, and I, I was reading online how they were saying, you know, I'm a mother and I'm fearful every time my son goes out because he may be stopped and he may be, you know, I, he's never safe. And I was connecting with those messages that she was saying. So I started say, painting some black queens as well, just because I felt that I needed to, to express and to connect with that. So it, it, it evolves day by day, um, painting by painting, but the subject would be the same. And then what happens is, so before I start a painting, I'll say, okay, this is what, this is what visually the image I wanted to say, but then I have to let go of that. Um, I have to let go of all the control and all the, you know, achieving the end result in order to get into a state where I'm almost, you know, you know what they say about athletes, they go in the zone. Yeah. So I need to go in the zone. And when I'm in the zone, the painting just comes up. And sometimes I stand back and I go, wow, did I just make this? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then there's always this thing of, oh, you feel inspiration every day. How wonderful. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't feel inspired every day. Sometimes I just push myself to go to the easel and I don't feel like it. And I will just go and paint and paint and then inspiration finds you in the middle of it whilst you're doing it. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, it, it's a balance of, of letting go and, and, and trying to get into the zone and mentally constructing what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. I guess people can, um, I guess, associate that when uh, when you sit down and try and do some work, maybe you're trying to write something or come up with a presentation and you feel like you've got blocks. So you Mm -hmm. walk away, you do something else and you're like, ah, light bulb moment hits. And then you come and just like have a download. Absolutely. um, Yeah. And so when when you get to that point where you get into the zone, what do you do? Do you like, do you actually meditate or do you just take a couple of breaths? No, so I get into the zone whilst I do it. I don't get into the zone and then go to the easel. Right. That doesn't happen. I go to the easel, I start, whether I feel like it or not, I will set my time. I know I'm painting in the mornings because it's the best light for me and I'm most productive. And I start. And some days I won't get into the zone. Uh, but most days I will. So I get in whilst I do it. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed was... Um, I need to do it day after day after day after day. So if I take a break, one or two days break, then I find it harder to get into it. So I don't, I paint on weekends as well. I don't take weekends off. I wake up, my family sleeps late, which is great for me. So I'll wake up at six o'clock in the morning and paint for a few hours on a Saturday and Sunday and keep that momentum going. And then maybe I won't paint for two weeks just because I'll be, you know, busy with, shipping orders and getting paperwork done and, you know, doing other things. Um, and then I'll go back and solidly paint for a few weeks. And so to me, I can't do the, you know, three hours paint and two hours sit on the computer. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. And so that, I mean, that, that works with your passion, right? When you are doing your passion, it's got to be easy. So if you got to find out what's easy and then just do that. So I- Going yeah, with the I know what works for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because ultimately, I think there's a lot of women who struggle, who have children and then work and then struggle to balance it, feel like they're split in two. Uh, they go through all sorts of emotions and then they, they feel like they're not like doing well on, on any level. Um, and then the thought of actually creating something and doing, um, they have to force themselves to maybe do like, I don't know, like, a business or whatever and that that area where they're forcing themselves then they achieve nothing from it um i think this is the greatest challenge that we have as women uh because you know we are different than men and i am so grateful that we are different than men but we have been taught as a child as a, as growing up that being vulnerable, being weak, you know, all these are negative connotations. And we are so strong. I mean, we have this huge need to nurture and to look after our family and make sure that, you know, the nest is well looked after. And at the same time, we have all these dreams and aspirations and needs to, to have our own identity Uh, expressed in another way whether it's through a business or through a job or through a career or something so this balance I think it's a blessing and a curse because we all go through the most difficult times thinking that we're rubbish at one or the other or both and we are trying so hard and we're working extra hard probably 
most of us are working harder than men, definitely, at keeping this balance. Um, and I don't have an answer for it. I think it's just a journey that we go through. But I think, you know, the only answer is for us to recognize ourselves and to recognize how truly wonderful we really are doing this both things and to um yeah to 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 stay with it and find ways that work for us and most most importantly most importantly not to beat ourselves up because every woman is going through that you know and and we are stronger than we think and I think uh, they, a lot of women again put those obstacles in front of them and believe that when they have, when they do what they what they need to do or they want to do that they have to compromise on something. And I, and what I'm experiencing with uh, the women that I'm coaching is that when they're in their flow, like you, they know what works, and then it's gonna it comes so easily when they're in it. They don't have to try. And I, I think that's the difference between being in your flow and trying and doing what you love than doing what you don't love. So obviously when you don't love something and you're trying, that's never going to, you're going to push, you can push as hard as you want. It's not going to happen versus what your passion is and stuff. So it's worth, I guess, investing the time and the money to go down that route without feeling guilty to see what is possible. Because when you're in that space, that's where you're going to make your money. That's where you're going to enjoy life. That's where everything is going to come to you versus forcing it. Um, absolutely absolutely and you you mentioned a very good point there you said about compromising and you know those compromises i think they are in our head and sometimes we make a much bigger deal than than they really are so to me all my life it has been very important to cook for my family to serve my family for them to make sure that they have everything and and when I've been doing this, uh, this series, I've been working, you know, 12, 14 hour days. And I have discovered that my husband knows where the fridge is. My daughter can open it and make her own sandwich or something to eat. And that the house didn't collapse. And that, you know, prioritizing myself is something that I can do and they would support me. But I never had the courage to even, you know, ask for it or think about it or, or you know, because I thought it was my duty and because I enjoyed doing it. I'm a Cancerian. This is what Cancerians do. They're homemakers. They love looking after their family and after everybody. And, you know, sometimes you realize that people around you will support you more than you thought you would. And you don't have to do it all. You don't have to. You Maybe you've just created that environment yourself my husband was an excellent cook before he met me he still is <laughs> well he's kind of learning it again after 20 years <laughs> needs the practice exactly so yeah prioritizing ourselves i think this is what women don't do and men do that a lot men know how who they are and how to prioritize themselves and their you know needs and their and we don't know how to do that because we are here to be you know to be nurturing and to nurture them and it's fine you can still nurture them you just don't have to do it every day 
yeah, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of guilt that comes up for women, um, and they, they struggle with that. But guilt is just another emotion you can let go of. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, let go of it. Yeah. No one needs to feel guilty. So, do you have any more urban queens coming up? Do you think the collection has ended, or are you still like trying to? Uh, do you feel like there's more in you that's going to come out? Oh my god, I think I'm gonna go with this for years now because I feel like I've just tapped into I didn't realize how much this would affect women. So uh, you know, I've had the most amazing stories that you can think of. I've had, you know, a, a nurse in the front line messaging me when she was you know taking her breaks and sleeping in her car because she was so tired and that the hospital needed her long hours and she was messaging me saying I have two daughters and I'm so scared to raise them in this COVID times and your paintings are just giving me all this strength and and you know um I, I want my daughters to grow up understanding that they're a queen so you know I had another woman met saying to me she had lost her daughter and she said I looked into this painting I, I saw those eyes and I just knew that it's giving me the strength that I need to go forward so you know those messages uh, realizing that these paintings can touch somebody on such a deep level I think well how can I stop now I feel like I, I it's 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 my duty to carry on I feel like I have to now because as long as they are empowering somebody else, then I am so grateful to be able to paint them. Yeah. Um, somebody asked me a while ago, she said, how do you give your paintings away? Don't you want to keep them all? I mean, you paint it, you put your heart and soul into it. Don't you want to give them all? Um, and it was actually a session that I had to do with my therapist a few years ago because I was painting them and I wanted to keep them. I didn't want to sell any of them. No wonder I was finding difficult at the time to sell them. <laughs> and I had to shift that idea of, oh, it's my baby. I put, you know, a month into this and I painted it to, hang on, it has a purpose of its own. It's meant to go and serve somebody else. It's meant to go and give somebody else hope. So when I made that shift, then I found it very, very rewarding and humbling to know that one of my paintings can, you know, make somebody's lives better. And I, I'm an art collector myself. So this is crazy, but my house is full of art that is not mine. <laughs> this one behind me is mine just because I'm working in this space right now. Usually I have paintings that I buy and I have a painting uh, uh, in my bedroom which I bought from a gallery in London and I didn't have, we didn't have the money to buy it at the time so we paid it in installments for six months and we received the painting after we paid it off and that painting makes me so happy every morning and I wake up and I look at it and Depending on the light, the way the light hits it, it looks different, it's, it, the colors are different, and it gives me so much joy. And it, it's a landscape with a tree, but it just, I don't know, I just connect with that painting so much. And I think that's when it was, when I realized, wow, look what this man did. Look how he's making me happy every morning. 
if one of my paintings can do that to somebody else, then, you know, what more do I want? That's, that's what I'm supposed to do. So to answer your question in a very long way, <laughs> yes, I will create more queens. Will they be different? I don't know. Will they? I don't know what they will be like. They will evolve, I guess. Mm. And it feels like when, when you do your art, obviously you put your heart and soul into it. So as you create them and then people purchase them and they go out around the world, it's like your heart is just like wrapping its round arms around the world. It just it feels... That's, a, that's what you're going to be doing more and more of, that your energy is just going to be distributed everywhere. I love it. Well, that's such a lovely way to put it. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, definitely it is. And, and, and you are going to be part of the reason why the feminine is going to start rising. You know, that's your contribution. And there's exactly. going to be more. And, and I more love women. that. I love the fact that so many women are contributing to this rise right now. And, you know, we all have our different different ways of doing it, whether some of us are in the streets protesting, some of us are, you know, helping others in, in the communities, uh, teaching and coaching, I'm doing it through art. I think we need all this diversity because it's such a, it's such a need for women to, to express themselves fully nowadays. It's, I think the planet needs us, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I was talking about this in, in the last podcast I did where um, it seems like there has been such a long period of time where it's been white men in the boardroom and you've got, like, like you said, it's not diverse. It's just one opinion, one energy, predominantly negative. And so the vibe as it was, like, globally, even, like, six months ago is completely different to what it is now and even before this lockdown I really went through a period of like almost mourning because it's like it's the end of the world as we know it right it's a it's a grieving process but I, I in essence I knew it was going to be better but you know it's still out with the old and with the new and now it feels like there's such a strong energy there and people are being forced to create forced to change all these like car companies are forced to do re renewable energy they're they're having to do it because things aren't working so i love that like even the negative forces are, are forced to be good <laughs> in essence exactly. so this is this is an exciting time to be for those that are maybe like fearful don't feel like they're stable their future stable there there's a lot that we can get from this and your Urban Queen collection is like, is one of those things that are just going to be just drops of light within the world that's going to rise, help rise everyone up. And I just love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope so. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Absolutely agree. And I think, well, I've, I've, I've always been very positive. So I'll always find the silver lining in everything. So, you know, when the lockdown happened, um, Initially, I was fearful, you know, I was thinking, oh, my God, I've been everywhere in the UK. What if I have the virus and my daughter had been to a concert on O2 Arena and what if she has it and what have I done? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then after all this year, I, I saw the Italians singing outside their window when their country was in mourning and they were losing so many people. You know, I saw the Chinese sending aid to Italy. I saw 
you know, all these wonderful things happening. And, um, and they painted this painting called Compassion or Mother Earth. And then I realized, you know what? Let's look at the good stuff. The world had, can breathe for a few months, you know, uh, and it's probably better for it. We are more connected, even though we are so apart, because everybody went online and we started connecting with each other. And we have a lot more compassion for each other right now, and we're ready to help a stranger that probably we wouldn't before. So, yes, like you said, we are evolving and we're changing and we're moving in new directions, and we can always find something good in any situation. And, you know, let's face it, I mean, we didn't have to go to war. We didn't have to. We were expecting it to be really, really bad, and it wasn't. So maybe, yes, it was for a, a lot a lot of people who got the virus. But, yeah, it probably wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think there's still going to be lots of changes and, and shifts that we're going to have to, to go through. And, uh, and I guess more pain more things will come up but as is the process it's all for the the greater good we're all gonna get through it and uh yeah and reap the benefits of it essentially right and a lot of people had time to stay with themselves and look at their lives and you know be with their families and and connect with who they really are so i think those shifts on an individual level are the ones that are gonna make the big shift on the planet i think yeah definitely how can someone purchase one of your paintings oh um either on my social media dm me or on my uh website ramonapintea.com so i'm i'm not selling them all the time i'm actually doing a launch so the launch is on my birthday on monday (laughs) so if you if you want to purchase one, go to the website. There aren't many left anyway. And, you know, 12 o'clock UK time, midday UK time on 22nd of June, the, they will be available to purchase online. And then after that, I think I'm going to take a couple of weeks break in order to work on some commission paintings that I have. I have a backlog of people who asked me to paint, you know, specific paintings for, for themselves in the same style. So I'll be taking some time to do that and probably going to the beach for a, for a weekend oh, and, nice. yeah, need a little break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been busy. Thank you so much for joining me and, and coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I, I'm, I really uh, appreciate your invitation and I really do hope that this is somehow helpful to somebody out there they find some inspiration in this story. Yeah, I hope so. Um, thank you so much and uh, take care. And if you've got any comments or would like to um, subscribe, please do. Bye-bye.